versus Intentionally Foul. Welcome. Uh, this is Streaker, I think. I honestly don't even remember my own name. That's how long it's been since we've done this podcast. And I'm joined by... I think Scott Howard. I think that's what I go by. I really can't remember either. I mean, that all kinds of, kind of runs together. <laughs> we yeah, I mean, we don't remember the podcast name. We don't remember the, our own names. I mean, we're really our branding is incredibly strong right now. We we had a run there like three years ago where we did a podcast about every single week, and now we've kind of gotten into a nice theme of doing like one every year, roughly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scott and I uh, very recently were joking about this by saying we we wait for an entire season to go by before we are uh, we're ready to unleash our takes, our our opinions about about basketball uh, on the. It's internet. it's been so long since we've done a podcast that not only uh, the last time we did one, I did not even have a pregnant spouse i also i now i have a pregnant spouse and a child who's nearly two months old that's how long it's been since the last podcast we did yes and that is the biggest biggest development by far over the last <laughs> over the last uh we looked this up it's been about 11 months since our last <laughs> episode i don't even you know if you can call it that uh, but uh yes one scott howard literally had a child <laughs> i spawned i, I reproduced uh, unfortunately for the rest of society Little girl, she's adorable. Um, I mean, I think though, with us, we kind of go on that like HBO schedule. You know what I mean? They don't want to like rush like The Sopranos or like rush like Curb Your Enthusiasm. They, they want them to make episodes on their schedule because you know the quality will be good, and that's what we're about. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and there's also the contract disputes and all that behind the scenes <laughs> stuff that we're not oh, we're not allowed gosh. to talk about. But well, I, yeah, the, and that's with the lawyers. And uh, like, honestly, like I want to let the lawyers settle that. That's really not our problem. All right. Yeah, exactly. Let's leave that out of this. Let's leave that out of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's. I, I don't watch Twin Peaks, but I I just heard that they it returned after many many years or something. So that's basically us. And I and I honestly I think maybe we'll do this one and then let's do another one in like twenty. Uh, you cut out. What do you after, think about that? Let's do it. Let's do another one. So just repeat that. God. Damn. <laughs> let's do another one. I, I say let's do another one in like 2024. 2024, got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, so seven. Let's take a seven-year break. Yeah, let's actually. Yeah, that's probably about the time the Suns are going to be in the playoffs next, anyway. So uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's pessimistic. I, I don't actually mean that, but maybe I do. I don't know. Wait to find I don't out. Know. Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, the other day, the other day I was kind of I, I asked on Twitter what what was going to happen first. The Suns were going to go back. To the playoffs or LeBron James is going to miss the finals. I honestly think there's a legitimate chance that LeBron James continues making the finals until his son, his oldest son, is not only in the NBA, but <laughs> is good enough to make the finals right after LeBron retires, so that, that <laughs> continues forever. It's just only LeBron's in the, in the NBA's Eastern Conference. Yeah, so if we're just looking at LeBron James as just the one LeBron James, a singular entity, I think the Suns are going to make it before he... Uh, or I think he will miss the finals before the Suns make it. But if it's just... I don't know. It's if it's any close. LeBron James in general, then I think, <laughs> I think the Suns will make the playoffs first. Well, if you play it out like this, all right. So, like, I'm assuming pretty safely... That 2018, LeBron's making the finals and the Suns are missing the playoffs. 2019, LeBron's making the finals the Suns are missing the playoffs. So you really kind of start to question it around 2020. <laughs> That's unfortunately the schedule the Phoenix Suns are on at this point. When LeBron is 35. <laughs> when LeBron is 35 and there's something like maybe the Bucks are legitimately challenging the, the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, when LeBron is 35, Giannis is the best player in the league and Devin Booker is 17. <laughs> exactly and then maybe the suns will make the playoffs <laughs> yeah maybe i i think i think all right i think 20 i again we'll I, it's uh, it's so hard to say what the suns are I, the suns are going to be shitty next year we know that but yes. just how shitty is yet to be <laughs> determined so that's how sad suns fans are right now there's our only level of optimism is it's such it's in such a truncated narrow view like <laughs> like uh, it, it, I literally can't imagine any realm of possibility beyond like thirty-eight wins, and like thirty-eight oh, would be year? like yeah. Oh, ne next year. I mean, well, 
first of all, let's go. Let's quick look at last year. I mean, I know that you and I did not podcast at all once during the season last year, but the Suns were, you know, predictably shitty. They played a lot of young guys. It was kind of a fun year after the All-Star break when they benched literally every veteran. But, and so, you know, guys like Marquise Chris got a lot of experience, and we even threw Derek Jones Jr. out there. Devin Booker scored 70 points. You know, there's your highlights. Um, <laughs> I, I I just cannot see a possible scenario where 38 wins is... Uh, is on the table. I mean, I, I think this is a low thirty win team next year. Yeah, I agree. I think low. Thir- I think thirty two, thirty three wins. At best, thirty two, thirty three wins best. is what I'm actually expecting. Um, yeah. It's. I'm. But I mean, we'll. I mean, we'll get into this uh, in, in a little bit. But that can also change very quickly depending on no, cer- no certain no, no, trades. No. Certain trades. That are ma- no, no I mean, best. I mean, it can change for the worse. I, I don't. I very much <laughs> doubt it'll change in a way where those win that win ex- the expectation of wins goes up. I just mean if they trade Bledsoe and draft a point guard, and then they're going to be like in the teens. <laughs> well, I mean, realistically, they always say the best time to make a win loss prediction for an NBA team is in May. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> While the current season is still going on for for a couple teams. <laughs> yeah, where the the Eastern Conference Finals are literally going on right now as we speak. The Cavs are executing the Celtics, and we are making predictions on the 2017-18 Phoenix Suns. <laughs> <laughs> it, could you imagine if we had done like this podcast regularly every couple of weeks over over the season? I I mean, what would we have? I, I literally cannot imagine us doing a podcast every two weeks. See, that's that's one bright side of. Uh, no pun intended there, I swear, uh, of, of doing this on an annual basis. <laughs> we can pick whatever we want over a year's worth of ha- happenings to talk about. Yeah, it's fresh. Yeah, because let's talk about, for example, Devin Booker's 70-point game That's that uh, that just happened. Like That would have been cool to talk about in a podcast like the next day, but we're going to talk about it, what, four months Two later? Two months later. Yeah, something Two like that. Later. Two months later, okay. Two months later. I, it, was, it was March 24th. Oh, yeah, right. It wasn't that long ago, but everything about the Suns makes you feel like time is very, very slow. So you can't really blame me there. No, I can't. I really can't. I mean, like, a lot of times I feel like the Suns aren't even, like, in the same league as, like, the rest of the NBA. Oh, I agree. Because it's been so damn long. I mean, you posted the reminder that today is the seven-year anniversary of Game 4 of the 2010 Western Conference Finals. Yes. Which doubles as the Suns' last playoff win. Exactly. <laughs> oh, ago. my God. I, I, I totally forgot. I blanked uh, that on that. I meant. I remember that uh, a little while ago, and I, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, it's it's the seven year today is the when we're recording this is the seven year anniversary of the of Phoenix Suns last playoff win as a franchise. <laughs> oh my god. Where 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 they started Robin Lopez, Steve Nash, Grant Hill, Amari Stoudemire, and Jason Richardson. Jason, yep. That was, oh <laughs> Four man. of those guys are retired. And then <laughs> and the other one has been on I think three different teams since uh since then. Four, I think, because I think he was on... He was on the Hornets, the Bulls, the Knicks, and the Blazers. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. wow. Shoot, I really... I legitimately forgot he played for the Blazers. I I think that was his shortest stint. That was very, very... That's hard to remember. I think the Hornets one was short, and the Knicks one was short. They've all been short. Yeah, you're right, actually. He's not even that... Yeah, he's really not that old. Yeah, I mean, the Suns drafted him when he was 20, and they drafted him, what, 2008? So he's probably not 30 yet. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Anyway, um, there's a we're talking about yeah. Robin Lopez's age is really good content. <laughs> and that game, and that game seven years ago was. Uh, remember that was the game. My immediate reaction when I when I saw that it was seven years ago was like, oh yeah, that was the game with the Goran Dragic and Sasha Vujicic. But no, it was no, not. that was, that, game was the, six. that was the last game in that series. Yes, that yep, fight. That was that, game six. That infamous Slo- Slovenian uh, <laughs> civil war. Um, but no, that I, 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 that was I remember that game. For being the bench game, the the when you know the bench really carried the the Suns to yeah. that 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 victory, and I think I think I remember Goran Dragic uh, stands out in my mind, and that's probably why I was thinking of Dragic and Vucevic. Uh, is he had this one move where he just I think he had this dribble drive and spin move on Derek Fisher and crazy finish that really just like kind of it was there were a lot of minutes left in the fourth quarter, but 
almost steal the game, and then the bench rode out the game and uh, finished it, which was which was crazy. You know what my one of my primary memories of that game was? So when the Suns won, because I, I, I had season tickets that year, so I walked out of the arena, and I remember saying to my girlfriend at the time, I was like, holy crap, the Phoenix Suns are going to win the championship. I really thought we were the best team in the NBA after that game. I was like, nobody can beat us. I was like, we have the best starting five, and our bench is incredible. I really, really thought they were going to win the championship. That so, team was so good. That, lo- that, that, that team, it was, I mean, it's such a cliche, but that team really was greater than the sum of its parts. No doubt. Um, like, like, absolutely no doubt in my mind that the team was greater than the sum of its parts. Because it just, I have never seen a team gel that perfectly. And, and, and you know, especially in the... In the in the second half of that season, you know, they I remember that season they got off to a really good start and then like kind of just were oh, okay they kind of fell off the map of, of the national radar for like in the middle of the season and then post All Star break just went on a tear with Amari I think yep. just taking another lead. Yeah. There were there were twenty eight and seven in the last thirty five that stuck into my brain. <laughs> yeah, I I I, and I I think I've said this before, but I, and you've been a fan of the Suns obviously much longer than I have. Um, uh, that's a that's a really nice way of saying you are much older than me. Yeah. I, okay. So exa- yeah, I'm 13 and you're you're 60. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, and I've yeah I've been a, you know, a fan for like 12 years now. But that act- that team is actually my favorite. I don't think that that was the best Suns team uh, talent wise. But for some reason that 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 year just stands out. That was my friend. Yeah. It's, I just remember being so invested in that team. That was like. I was so proud to be a Suns fan because I was my freshman year. I'm with you. I was I'm totally I was... with you. I mean, the the expectations for the season were low. I mean, I think most people were like, yeah, maybe they're a six or seven. And people were kind of wondering why they didn't trade Amari in the offseason. I mean, they tried to trade Amari in the offseason. Maybe they should have. Uh, that whole Steph Curry thing might have worked out okay. Um, we're doing happy memories here. We're doing happy memories. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, that team was a ton of fun. I mean, it was obviously like Nash's like last real great team, and Amari just was on another fucking level. I mean, he was just absolutely ridiculous that he was, season. He was so good, and he had a poster dunk pretty much in every game. I feel like I mean, and that was Anthony Tolliver season. That, Anthony Tolliver season, but not only that, he also baptized Richard Jefferson in a yep. Sunday ABC game. I remember that one, yep. Do you remember the Suns playing on national television on Sunday afternoon, like in the premiere spot? It's funny to remember that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, that happened at one point. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, to, I... Oh, man, they used, they used to do that pretty regularly. Um, yeah, they used to be really good. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know if you, I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> they, they used to be really, really good. It was a lot of fun. It was, and but now yeah, we're, that, now that, we're in a different NBA. We are, um, yeah. I mean, that, that to go back to like, yes, I was like proud to be a Suns fan at that point because that was my first year of college. So I would like tell people I would like other NBA fans. I'm like I'm a Suns fan, and which was, you know, in Atlanta at that point, that was so somewhat rare. But like, they'd be like, oh wow, cool, the Suns are cool. Like they wouldn't ask like they wouldn't necessarily immediately ask like why with like a question of like like, confusion and slash, like, worry, uh, mm-hmm. which is what I now get. <laughs> confusion in, in, and worry. In San Francisco, every time I tell someone I'm a Suns fan, they're like, they just, like, st- they give me that, like, squint look. They're like, like, what went wrong? Um, but, uh, no, that was, I, I lo- that was first year of college. I was fully, I totally leaned into my Suns fandom, like, my, that entire season, and, oh, man, that was, that was a ride until... Until uh, Game Six ended, and uh, there was a clip of Steve Nash on TNT crying in the locker room, and that just ruined me. Well, yeah, that was horrible. And then they spent the offseason letting Amari Stoudemire walk and replacing him with Hakeem Warwick, Josh Childress, and Hedy Turkoglu. And I've never so, known happiness since. <laughs> really, I mean, really, we haven't. Um, so, I mean, what passes for success in the last like seven seasons of non-playoff Suns basketball? is the fact that they won 48 games, Goran Dragic got third-team All-NBA and most improved player, and they missed the playoffs. That has been success in the last seven seasons of Phoenix Suns basketball. Yeah, that's true. And don't forget, uh, Marquise Morris was in the top five for sixth man of the year. Wow. God. That, that seems like another lifetime. That, to me, almost seems like long, longer ago than the seven-year-ago playoff team. <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel like, like, think about the fact that I think Marquise Morris and Gerald Green were, I think Keith was, like, second 
in in the, in that race, second or third, and then Gerald Green was also like got a bunch of votes for Sixth Man of the Year. Gerald Green single handedly beat Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook in a Thursday night TNT game. I mean, that is a thing that happened in 2014. Oh God! To be fair, he's now in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's true. So he's gone on to bigger and better things, like playing <laughs> in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, what man. a player! Wow, so should we focus this a little bit more on the uh, current ma- the makeup of the current Phoenix Suns and the no, future no, of the Phoenix Suns? No, 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 no. You, you don't understand. This this podcast is now a podcast that we're going to do every seven years, reflecting <laughs> upon the Suns team seven years ago. Over the past seven years? Okay, so should we talk about Ahmed Hadadi some more Let's, then? We skip over. Luckily, there's, there's a clause in that that states that you skip over seasons 2010, 2011 to 2015, 2016. So we can just focus on that. Okay, so I, I didn't, I didn't know the rules, but I really appreciate you pointing them out. Yeah, no, it's a, it's often <laughs> over, often overlooked. People miss that. <laughs> so, yeah, this this this. What was your favorite part? I mean, okay, other than Devin Booker's seventy point game, what was your favorite part of this Sun season? <sighs> That's tough. I mean. Obviously, I'm a massive uh, Dragon Bender fan, but Dragon Bender didn't really have a lot of uh, standout moments during what was kind of an injury plagued uh, season. So, you know what I'm going to say? Like, I, I, after the All Star break, I grew to really, really enjoy watching Derek Jones play because all he does is block shots and dunk. Yeah, he, he, no, I, I'm totally with you. So, if you have a, if you have a play, I mean, the thing, the fact of the matter is, Derek Jones Jr had no business playing in the NBA last year. And but for some, like, academic crap at UNLV, he wouldn't have been in the NBA last year. But he got in the NBA purely based on athleticism. And then, you know, played... I think he played in two games before he did the dunk contest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then after the break, he just became a regular part of the rotation. And, I mean, he wasn't always perfect, but he definitely had some moments. So I had fun with that. I mean, if you got a bad team, you got to look for fun stuff. I mean, so what about you? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I was also somewhat surprised. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. If you have, when, you're, when you're a bad team, you really have to look for <laughs> the, the small spots of sunshine on, <laughs> on this dark, dark, in this dark, dark Tiny. abyss that, we, that we're in as Suns fans. Uh, but yeah, Derek Jones Jr., I, I think post-dunk contest, really, um, when he started getting minutes here and there. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's just a guy, obviously, super raw. He's not really, he's not a good NBA player per se yet, but it, it was fun to see him do his things because he never tried to do anything that he wasn't, that he couldn't do. He's just, he knows what he's good at right now, and he just did that. Um, and he's just, his, some of his dunks are just, like, out of this world. <laughs> it's, yeah. No, I mean, like, Marquise Chris is, like, an unbelievable athlete and a great dunker, and Derek Jones Jr. is more athletic than he is. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, he makes Marquise Chris's dunks just look ordinary, which is... They do. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, you like, the, the difference, like, Marquise Chris can dunk pretty violently and take off pretty far, but, I mean, Derek Jones is just on another level from a dunking perspective. <laughs> He really is. Um, so here's here's a question. So uh, while we're on the subject of Derek Jones Jr., what do you think he needs to do to become an effective NBA player? That, I mean, I think it's a shot. I think he's never really going to be a guy that's going to be able to take you off the dribble and score on Oop. you. Um, but I think his role in the NBA, because right now the things he's that he's known for, the things he's good at, and will sort of continue. You can sort of project. You can project a couple things for Derek Jones Jr. One obviously his athleticism, his you know his his finishing, his putback dunks, uh, etc. Um, but the other thing, yeah, I think defensively, um, he projects to be pretty solid uh, yep. on the perimeter. He's scrawny as hell. I, I I bet his waist size is probably like a twenty. Like he's so <laughs> skinny that uh, I bet he looks fantastic in a pair of skinny jeans. Though I, I bet he does. I'll, <laughs> he really could be a model, but um, no. Absolutely, he's a handsome kid. No, he is. He is. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, so I, I don't know about the, on the like. Anyway, for a perimeter defender, I think he projects to be pretty, pr- pretty good, pretty solid, and you can already see that. I think the next step, really, to carve out that role uh, long term in the NBA is being able to, you know, respectably hit the outside shot uh, and be a threat from there. So people have to guard you and you're, you're, you know, you're not a detriment to your team on the offense. I mean, if he, 
if he can effectively, you know, if they have to give some form of respect to him in the corner shooting a three, I mean, he'll have so much value and be able to kind of run like baseline to baseline, cutting on the baseline and maybe like, you know, dunking constantly. Exactly. And you've already, <laughs> you can already see some of the cutting. Like he's, he's yeah. really good at, uh, you know, off, off the ball when it, when it comes to cutting, especially on the baseline. But like, yeah, if, if he is able to be a threat, uh, from the corner three and especially the corner three, but also beyond, like that's just going to open up other things for him and, and the team. And he'll be able to like consistently get minutes and uh, on a good Suns team, hopefully whenever that happens. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, 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 I like the kid. Yeah, I do too. So, I mean, we're, while we're on the subject of rookies, I guess most people would talk about the fourth pick and the eighth pick that they had. Well, we went straight to Derek Jones because we really know how to how to bring people <laughs> in. <laughs> so, I mean, I think you're kind of with me in thinking we're still pretty optimistic about Dragon Bender, and there's a lot to like there. But it's really hard. We didn't have much, really much to go off. I think he played probably, what, 20 to 25 games max um, and not that many minutes when he did. And when he was playing, he was playing on the wing for some godforsaken reason. So I don't really have a ton to add on him. But what did you think about Marquise Chris's rookie year? Uh, I'll answer that in a second. But to back up to Bender, for the, I mean, the one thing that I will add on this for people... Please. Are, for the two of you that are listening and may, might not know that... Uh, might not know this, but Scott Howard also has another kid, uh, <laughs> in addition to his, you know, real life um, daughter, baby, daughter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dragon Bender is his son. Uh, it's this is this is a widely accepted fact around the around basketball Twitter. So just FYI, it is. Um, He's that, my he, son, and I love him very dearly. He does, he does. But we won't, we don't really let that cloud or or bias our judgment. Um, we, we will, we will <laughs> look at him objectively, but he is the, he's the greatest, sweetest little tall, big man I've ever, I've ever seen. He's um, a perfect angel and I love him so much, but really onto is. your point, really actual point. Well, funny thing about Dragon Bender. And I, I think other people have said this, but I was watching a Suns game, uh, uh, a couple months ago, I think in my apartment, just on our TV and my roommate came home from work. Um, and he was like, that guy looks like Andrew Garfield. And I was like, yes, he does. yes, yeah. he does. He's like, uh, he's like a seven foot skilled, much, you know, better at everything except acting dragon, uh, Andrew Garfield. <laughs> uh, anyway, but to get back to your original question about Marquise Chris, um, <laughs> Who does um, not look like Andrew Garfield. Marquise Chris does not look like Andrew Garfield. He does not. We really, it's been 11 months, but we really haven't lost a step when it comes to just being totally distracted. <laughs> By the easiest stuff. Yeah. Anything will distract us. Anything and everything. Um, Chris, uh, I, I like this Rick here. I, I wasn't super high on Marquise Chris going, yeah, in, going into last year's draft. I liked that the Suns were able to get you know both of them. I, I thought the draft was last year was a success for sure, but yeah. um, I was always more. I think both of us were more uh, Bender guys than 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 fans of Chris necessarily. But um, and I think for a lot of the season, I felt like Bender might you know, especially when he obviously when he wasn't injured, uh, should should be getting at least equal minutes or equal footing with Chris. And I feel like that was lacking for uh, for some reason uh, for a while. Um, for most of the season, really. But other than that, no, I, I really think Chris, uh, I liked what I saw from him. And, like, the thing that was most encouraging is he's, he improved, he seemed to improve or at least do a couple things towards the end of the season that, that I really didn't see at the beginning of the season, including uh, he, he definitely improved as a shot blocker, yeah. um, which was a really nice welcome thing because he obviously has the athleticism. But as a weak side defender, he's not a great defender at all by any means. He's a terrible defender right now, but he's very, very young. But as a weak side help guy, like he really, he had a couple standout games. I think he had one game with like six or seven blocks. He had several with four. I mean, yeah. he, he, especially in the second half of the season, I, I feel like he really came on as a shot blocker. So, I mean, you know, he's at least like somewhat engaged on the defensive end. Yeah, exactly. And I think, and I think a lot of what you hear about Chris was like, you know, his, I mean, at least I remember hearing his IQ wasn't terribly high as a basketball player because he was kind of late to the game and sometimes his motor really wasn't there. So I don't know, to see him like engaged and really kind of 
bringing effort and at least trying on the defensive end was an upside for me. And then I was also impressed with, I mean, everybody, if you listen to a Suns game, you'd hear Eddie Johnson talk about how he shouldn't shoot three-pointers. But, I mean, the guy shot like 38% in the second half of the season from three, which to me was a hugely positive development. Yeah, he, he actually got to be a consistent three-point shooter. Uh, I mean, when left open, obviously. But he, I think that's, that's definitely another thing that he improved at over the course of the season. And, yeah, I remember pre-draft the concern uh, the work ethic concern but i really didn't see a lot of that this season which, no, me which is which is awesome uh, yeah. which projects really well for him um yep. and then la- i guess we'll touch on the last rookie too which actually uh going back to one thing we we're talking about earlier, our favorite part of the sun season i i never mentioned mine i i don't know if this is my favorite part but it's definitely up there um you know we're putting aside devin booker's 70 point game but like the game against the celtics when Tyler Hewis hit the game winner over Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> is, that was is, a fun game. Is definitely up there. That was legitimately a very, very, very fun game. Yeah. That was an extremely fun game. And, you know, nothing they could have done would have gotten them the worst record in the league. And they still finished with the second worst record in the league on the fourth pick anyway. So it was kind of fun when they did stuff like that. I mean, it was few and far between. But when they did it, it was fun. Yeah, no, I, I, I think one thing to note about this season, in the second half, they tanked well <laughs> they did they take excellently a good taking team they played all their young guys they they arrested their uh, you know the rest of their veterans they they lost a ton of games they made games they made some games competitive I and mean, a lot of games really competitive and fun even when they were losing and they were more watchable in the first in the second half of the season than they were in the first oh absolutely uh, I don't need to see a bad team play brandon knight 25 minutes and tyson chandler 30 oh my god a legit Oh my god, I actually forgot for a while that Brandon Knight was on the team. I'm so I'm not sorry. Even, I'm not even joking. Like, No, that happens. I had that a happens. visceral reaction right now. <laughs> I like, we were just talking about all the rookies and like I was feeling good and I just forgot Brandon Knight was on the Suns. I like to be as much of a bring down as humanly possible. God, okay. <laughs> so, okay, so but getting driving it back to Euless. So what did you see in his rookie year, and what do you think his role is moving forward? Uh, what did I see in his rookie year? So he's another guy that actually had pretty much no expectations for. Yeah, um, same. Uh, you know, going into the year. Uh, I mean, I saw what people who were fans of his going into the year, um, you know, kept talking about his basketball IQ, his control of the game is really, really up there for, for a rookie point guard. Like he, he really just knows how to play. Unfortunately, he's like 110 pounds. Uh, (laughs) yeah. And, and pretty small, but, um, and that will obviously limit him, his longevity and what he can be at his peak long term. But I really like, He's just watching him play with other players on the team. Like it was fun, you know. Like he just was able to control the game as a true. I hate I hate this term, but like the true point in the true point guard sense, <laughs> more than more than you know other, a lot of other point guards and a lot of the teams uh, on the or sorry, a lot of other players on the Suns that I've seen. Um, so that was good. Uh, he's not a very uh, he's not a great shooter, obviously, but like he just. Hopefully that improves. Um, he on the ball, like on ball, he's a pretty tenacious defender. Um, he really can't do much on the defensive end outside of that again because of his size. But uh, I, it, but one thing about that, like I'm genuinely shocked when like that he's able to just withstand these screens from people that are like literally like three times his weight <laughs> and, <laughs> and continue playing. So props. So to do him. you think he? Do you think he can start in the NBA? Regularly, I I'm still I still lean no I still don't think he can. Um, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I so, I really like him. I just I I mean until I s- somehow see it. He obviously started on this Suns team in the for a couple of months, but let's that doesn't even count. Um, but yeah, start start on a like a not completely bottom of the lottery team. No. Yeah, I, I think that's entirely fair. Unfortunately. Yeah, but hopefully he, I don't know, he surprised me this season a bit, so who knows. He can play, the kid, kid, like, he's really good at just basketball. (laughs) 
Uh, he is good at basketball. He is very That's good probably at basketball. how he got in the NBA. <laughs> Listen to this podcast for more more hot takes. <laughs> this player in the NBA, believe me or not, is good at basketball. Um, you know what I mean, though. Like he's he just knows how to play the game very very well. Yeah. But he's just he's, there's a limit to limit to dreams. Yeah. No, I I, I feel you there. So. I think we've talked about kind of the core move forward roster. So last week, or God, yeah, last week we had the NBA draft lottery selection show. And to the surprise of absolutely nobody, the Phoenix Suns fell to fourth. <laughs> Phoenix Suns fell further than any other, more spots than any other team in the, in the, in the lottery, <laughs> which of course is yeah. the most Suns thing possible. It was, it was. I mean, and I in no way think anything like this is rigged. I just think it's, like, hilarious that the Suns, of course, fell two spots. Yeah, no, I agree. I obviously, I joked about it being rigged. I joke about it being rigged still all the time, but, like... Well, I sure. Yeah, I, I, well, I, most of my Twitter, my, most of my tweets are just complete jokes and lies. Uh, most of mine are incredibly serious. <laughs> just like this podcast. So. So I can't possibly understand how you would joke like that. Yeah, I, I know. That's that's why this podcast works so well because I just <laughs> I'm such I lie about everything and you're just so serious all the time. It's that that it's part of our charm. It's a, it's a classic like buddy cop <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's exactly that. Uh, anyway, um, the what were we talking about? I started the draft lottery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now uh, the Suns went down two spots. So the Suns will be drafting fourth after the Celtics, Lakers, and Sixers. Yes, they will. Um, of course, it's and, the Celtics, and so, Lakers, and Sixers. And I think it's what's pretty clear from the draft is that you're going to get Markel Fultz is going to go number one. Yep. Um, I I know there's going to be a lot of posturing, but I have a hard time believing Lonzo Ball's not going two to the Lakers. Yeah, which is totally fine with me. Yep. And then you get to three. And I think... I and you can tell me if I'm wrong at this point because maybe you've changed your mind. Uh, I think you and I are pretty aligned in wanting Josh Jackson from Kansas. Yeah, I, I am. Oh. I, I think we're both. Uh, I think we're both aligned there. I, I I honestly think I might have felt more. Well, okay, I'll say two things. I think I might have felt initially. I'll say I think I was probably a little more strongly on board with Josh Jackson, like 100% Josh Jackson or bust, like before the like lottery, like a couple of months ago. Uh, when I really like Josh Jackson now, I think there's I, I still want him more than anyone else at that spot. But yeah, I th- I think there's a couple other guys that I really like that like I think are behind Josh Jackson, but like I don't think the difference is as big as I initially thought. But uh, the second thing I'll say is part of me is I think that also might just me be subconsciously uh, rationalizing or trying to deal with the Suns falling in the lottery and not getting Josh Jackson anyway. <laughs> so who knows. Because, I mean, I genuinely have no idea what the Sixers are going to do. I mean, they could take... I've seen them connected to yeah, De'Aaron I've, I've Fox. Seen, I've seen everything with them, yeah. Everything. I mean, all over the map. So, I, we really have no idea. I mean, so, obviously... So, I think we're in agreement that number one guy we'd both like to get, if he's there at four, is Jackson. Yeah. Um, so, you know, because I, I, I think that he's going to be a good wing defender, kind of the perfect guy who's, like, right next to... Uh, Right next to Devin Booker, who you know, you may have noticed struggles with his defense a bit. Um, nope. And I think that what <laughs> you never noticed that. No, I never noticed that. I don't, know what you're <laughs> I don't have no idea what you're talking about. He's just he's good at everything. <laughs> you, oh, you're just blinded with your love, and I love that about you. Um, <laughs> no, so and I, and I think the other thing that gets me about Jackson is he's got that reputation of just being like an incredibly hard worker. Right. And, and I and I think that's the kind of thing that if he's a gr- like a, a great athlete potentially could be a really good defender and is a hard worker. I'm like, please get that on my team. So he's Especially basically next... Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> exactly. Is Kawhi what you're Leonard. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Kawhi Leonard. I mean, like I assume like the second the Suns draft him, he's going to take his hair and put it in a cardinal cornrows. <laughs> he's going to wear number two for the Suns. Sorry, Eric Bledsoe, we're giving your number away. He's going to sign an oath. He's, he's going to sign an oath to relinquish all of his emotions. <laughs> exactly. And then he's just going to automatically be Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> so they're gonna have they're gonna have Kawhi Leonard at the three, and then Devin Booker's gonna be the next Kobe at the two, and then they're gonna win seven championships. Yeah, done that's and done. Sounds about right. Wow, this took have, a turn. Yeah, have fun out there, everybody. Um, okay, so let's say they don't get Jackson though. Okay. So, who do you want? 
Yeah, you I, it and this is this will likely I'll probably you know change this opinion several times over the next month. I think I'll nope. Yeah, this is it. Actually, you have to be. Uh, this is the only in. crack you got at this. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm locked in. So the person I say now is who the Suns will draft. Uh, man, I can't back out of this. Ooh. <laughs> um, so I think the the reason why part of the reason why I like Jackson so much is because he just I think his best player would be best player available and just fits perfectly. I think with anyone else, and I like a couple of the other guys. There's there's a couple of questions about how they would fit. Uh, and I'll, so one guy I really like um, is Jonathan Isaac. Yep. Um, and I just I I'm just very intrigued with his potential and with his. It's similar to Bender last year, honestly. Um, yeah. I, I'm just very intrigued with. I think he's a perfect sort of fit in today's NBA. I he's kind whole, of a positionless type of guy, right? Exactly. I mean, in, in theory, he can play on the perimeter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and so the only question I have is, and I've and I've, you know, read various things and listened to various things that say, you know, he can pretty well play the small forward th- uh, position in the NBA. I and in, so I, I lean on the side of yeah, you have Benner and Chris, but I think with especially with with all three of them, but especially with Benner and uh, Isaac. You have, yeah, two really tall dudes um, who both have the perimeter skills. Uh, and I think, so that's why I think, like, yeah, technically Isaac would be a small forward, but I think he would fit in that very specific sort of lineup, you know? Um, yeah. In, in a position left sort of thing. So that, and then the other, the, a point guard I really, actually, really like is uh, Dennis Smith. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis I, Smith. I really think he's a talented very talented player, uh, and I just don't really know what the Suns play if they really want him would be because I don't think they he, they need to draft him at four. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's he's uh, if they want a point guard, I think that's that's the guy. But for sure, oh, definitely over Fox for me. Can you trade? Can you trade down though? Because I mean, like look at look at the teams behind you. You have Sacramento right behind you at five. I, yeah. I, I would be very surprised if they don't take a point guard. Yeah, I, I expect fair. them to take a point guard. Um, then you have Orlando at six. I would expect them to take a point guard too. Yep. And then the Knicks at eight, I think they'll take a point guard. You think so Orlando's really not happy with Alfred Payton? Uh, do you? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, no. Didn't they, didn't they didn't they bench him for a oh god? Who who's that veteran they had? It was C.J. Watson? I think. Didn't they start C.J. Watson several yeah. times <laughs> last yeah. season and put Peyton on the bench? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think like that's the problem. Is like, yeah, in theory, you could trade down, but I, you have three of the four teams behind you who would be looking at taking a uh, taking a point guard. Yeah, that's no, that's that's very fair. So that's the other thought I've had, but I guess that kind of negates. This. I've ruined it. Yeah, you've totally <laughs> ruined it. Is you know, if you get Josh Jackson or John, uh, Jonathan Isaac at the four spot, and if the Suns were really committed to getting another point guard moving on from Bledsoe and could find a deal uh, to for you know one of those subsequent lottery picks for Bledsoe, mm-hmm. um, that. I wouldn't be opposed to that, but to your point, uh, I don't know. I don't know who that team would be because they'd all. It could be Sacramento. I mean, they might just. It would be stupid of them to do that, but again, who knows? It would. They do have two lottery picks, though. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. I don't think they would offer their five. They would offer their ten. No, they'd offer ten. And I mean, it, well, and here's the other thing. I mean, if you're really into the point guard scenario and you're looking at the 10 spot, I mean, do you, do you like the French kid at all? Oh, uh, and in a lot of other continents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I just called him the French kid instead of taking a shot. <laughs> I, I mean, wish like, it was I as know. catchy. It was not even as catchy as Greek Freak because no one could pronounce uh, Giannis's name when he first came into the NBA. It's just the French kid. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, Frank NK. <laughs> yeah, Frank NK. Um, yeah, I do. Actually, that's that's a good point. If if the Suns were able to get him, I I think I would be I would be good for that. I, again, another guy whose potential is sort of more intriguing than the than the re- current reality. But um, I mean, I, I would be on board. Thing. It's it. Yeah, go for it. No, 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 you're fine. Uh, 
I, I think they're going to take the pick at four. I think you'll hear a lot about trading down. And they'll be like, oh, they should probably trade down. They should probably trade down. But, I mean, I think they'll lock in on a guy. They'll find a guy they like, and they'll they'll make that pick. Uh, whether they do kind of dangle Bledsoe at a, for another pick, will that, that, that will be a really, really interesting thing to watch because I, I don't really think Eric Bledsoe should be on this team. Um, yeah. And that's that's not a slight against Eric Bledsoe. No, not I think at all. Bledsoe's, you and I, I think, and, feel very similarly about Bledsoe. I think he'll go... It's sad. He's he's just not going to make the playoffs as a Suns player probably ever, and he'll no, go, he'll go down as an underrated Suns player. I think in in history books because I think he's been good. It's just yes, he's he's been excellent. He's a and good I mean, player. Realistically, my 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 problem with Bledsoe is I don't think he fits with the timeline. Yep. Uh, I, I and I think that I'm going to if if you can trade him this summer after he just had a a season where he was relatively healthy, he got shut down for you know because they for tanking reasons. For tanking reasons, yeah. You don't even try to yeah uh, say anything else. Yeah. <laughs> I think you. I think you trade him. I think you trade him, and then you know you're not worrying about the knees anymore. I mean, and then I think if you want to go get like a like another a veteran point guard to back up Ulis or split time with Ulis uh, and whoever they might might wind up drafting, then that's the thing I think you do. But I mean, I mean, are you are you are you serious? I mean, Ronnie Price is just a phone call away. <laughs> a phone call away. We both know Ronnie Price is going to be in training camp with the Suns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. Roddy Price will be in training camp with the Phoenix Suns, and he will likely be in the opening night roster. So, do you think or, 2018, 19, or 2019-20 as Ronnie Price's first year on the Suns as an assistant coach? Uh, 18, 19. I think he's got 19, one more okay. year. Okay. Yeah. I and think then he's got who's, one more who's year. the next uh, veteran point guard in line? It has to be this pi- constant pipeline of. Like, like bench, better like old bench veteran point guards who start playing or who eventually become the Suns' uh, coach. Uh, do Do you think that maybe Derek Fisher wants to get back into coaching? Oh God, no! <laughs> Please no. I mean, you know, he could work his way back in. <laughs> then he'll find his way on the Suns' bench, and then uh, when Earl Watson gets fired in the middle of. Uh, 2018-19, and Derek Fisher takes over. There you go. That's true. He's he has to wait behind Sebastian Telfair. Oh God, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> what's Bass? What's Bassie up to now? I have is, no is idea. He, probably is playing, he playing on the, anywhere. And I'm probably back on the playgrounds of New York. I always liked him. I think and, and part of what I really liked about Telfair was, I mean, this is a kid who was on like the cover of Sports Illustrated in high school. Yep, they yep. had a documentary about him. He was a lottery pick and it, he just didn't pan out, but he like carved out a role for himself and I always respected the shit out of that. Yeah, no, that's that's a very good point. He did. And he made a lot of money even in the NBA over many years. Yep. So yeah, I was him. like and he, he played his ass off with the Suns too. Yeah, he did. He really did. Uh, I remember I hated him when he, for a little while at the very beginning. Um, but he well, he really, did win the Dan Marley Hustle Award too. Yeah, exactly. I think he he kind of earned uh, earned that uh, fan love. Oh yeah, he, he had my love. <laughs> um, <laughs> so okay, so we both agree you probably trade Bledsoe, and then you know you're you're taking. I think they'll make the pick at four. I think I, I'm, I could see. I, I, I think if you're making the pick, you got to make the, like the lottery ticket type of pick. So a guy with like tantalizing potential, like a uh, like an Isaac, or I guess I don't know. I don't know. So what do you? Let, let's get think to this. So what do you like about Smith, and what do you don't like about Fox? Uh, okay. I in Smith, I see a lot of. I mean, this is a lazy and often made comparison, I'm sure, but Damian Lillard um, okay. in Smith, in in terms of, and I think Smith can be a better defender. He's not currently, but uh, in Smith, I, I I just he's he has it all from a scoring standpoint. He yeah. is a complete player uh, as a scoring point guard right now, and he has enough of. The, the playmaking for others that I think that'll get by. Fox, yeah, Fox has a lot of those things. I And I think people who like Fox a lot believe in all that and believe that he'll, you know, fix a shot. Um, Smith comes in with, like, a shot that doesn't need to be fixed and is a good-looking shot. And yeah. What about his knees? I, it doesn't really worry me that much. Um, okay. 
I we've seen some other players in the NBA who've uh, I think had injuries early in their at least, or at least very early in their NBA career or uh, or in college that that turned out fine. To be to be fair, to play devil's advocate to my own point, we've also seen other players. <laughs> We've also seen other uh, a lot of other NBA players who've had injuries very early in their career and have had, and gone on to have more injuries. So I don't know what I'm talking about. Is basically what I'm no, saying. No, you do. You know exactly what you're talking about. Don't <laughs> let anyone tell you differently. <laughs> uh, when it comes to knees, I have no idea. No one really no, knows. No, I, well, you are a medical doctor, correct? Yeah, actually, uh, let's pretend I have an MD. <laughs> I, I do have an MD. That's what I did in the last ten months. You asked me. You, yeah, you, you had a kid. I went and got an, <laughs> my medical degree. <laughs> I knew months. you would. <laughs> we used our time off well. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so anyway, I really like him. So I don't know. I I'm not I'm not a big Fox guy, but yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think we're both going to spend the entirety of draft day on pins and needles when the Philadelphia 76ers are on the clock at three. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I, Here, oh, here's a, here's a question for you. What would you trade? What would you trade to move up one spot? Oh man. So that's the thing. Uh, if the Sixers want, with you know, if the Sixers want their point guard, if they want Fox or whoever else, or uh, I guess Monk, um, if they want. Uh, but I think you know they would be. Uh, they'd be game for trading down, but like, then it gets into that territory of like, you know, who rings the bell first, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, neither team would want to say, you know, we're ready to give up anything at all. Um, to move up one spot. Exactly. To, um, when, uh, basis when, of negotiation. But like, I don't want well, so it gets tricky. And the problem is that, the problem is at that point, if you're the Suns, you're clearly probably doing it to take Jackson. Right, um, and then you and give then away if, your only <laughs> your only yeah. uh, flag there. But well, and if the Sixers are willing to make the trade, then they're not going to take Jackson in the first place. So yeah. it, it's probably pretty unlikely that that kind of thing would happen. Exactly. I would say the only way the Suns would do it is if the Sixers kind of put them in a bidding war where they they know some other team is like desperate to take Jackson. Let's you know say for example, just throwing a team out there that the Magic are obsessed with Josh Jackson and they want to get Josh Jackson and, you know, the Sixers are like, well, we got an offer from the Magic. They're willing to give us six and they're willing to give us this. What are you willing to do to get it? But right. the, the thing is, we don't even know how much the Suns like Jackson. It could just be us. I mean... Exactly. <laughs> it worked like, uh, out with better so, last year, so, I mean, who knows? It did. It did. So we'll have to wait for... Uh, for who Ryan McDonough is spotted at, spotted at local Phoenix bars and restaurants with, like last summer. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a, a couple of guys, uh, a couple of guys on my t- tweeting pictures of uh, Ryan McDonough at like lunch and happy hour with Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris. <laughs> then he got both of them. Um, happy hour yeah, with so- the, with two like fifteen year olds. Yeah. It's a bar. They were at this place called the Vig, which I just think of, I just like associate with Happy Hour. That's where Bender and McDonough were. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think with with the trading up, I, I I think it's probably pretty unlikely to happen. And yeah, I think you tend to agree with me there. Uh, I do note one thing. I'm assuming both aligned based on the fact that we've been talking about the draft for 20 minutes and haven't mentioned it once. We don't want Jason Tatum. Yeah, no, I don't. I I actually, <laughs> I'm not as out on him as some people apparently are. Um, I just I just don't think he's a good fit with the team. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't, I don't, I don't really want taller Pe- T.J. Warren. <laughs> yeah, right, and I don't think he and he and Booker should play next to each other. Oh, Lord, no. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of what, why I'm so focused on getting a guy like Jackson is like, he just, you've got to, You've got to compliment Devin Booker. You can't like play other Devin Booker type guys. Exactly. Um, exactly. So we're on the same page there. Um, yeah, I think we are. Aren't, aren't we good? Yeah. Look at our expert draft analysis <laughs> from from. I, I love I love the draft. The draft is a ton of fun. It is. It is. It's it's basically the like the, one of the two or three best days as a Suns fan of the last seven years. So <laughs> that is true. Sad but true. Uh, yes, so very sad. Sad but true is should should be everything that we ever say about this. Actually, not no, just sad. <laughs> true is just true is stretching it. A lot of what we say probably isn't true. 
Sad but true. The Phoenix Suns from May 2010 to present. Sad, but they exist. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Nobody can take that away from the Suns. No, they exist. They, they don't. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, before we wrap up, let's talk about other like the NBA Beyond the Suns. Uh, oh, the playoffs are happening right now. The Eastern Conference they, Finals. They I've, suck. Oh man, yeah. Like think about that. We're so for the people listening, we're recording this, or we were recording this as a game in the Eastern Conference Finals was happening, and I had neither of us had any qualms about it at all, and that's how bad. Didn't even was. think about yeah, it, and that's like doesn't even begin to describe how bad uh, these playoffs have been. Yeah, from no, a competitive I mean, standpoint. I'm trying to think of like my most enjoyable playoff series so far. I mean, it can't, it obviously can't be any series with the Cavs or any series with the Warriors because they were both just absolute blowouts. Right. Um, and then my, see, my problem is like, I, I have trouble enjoying series where like they're completely meaningless. So sure. Like, which, you know, Boston, which to be fair Boston, is every, every series that the Cavs and Warriors aren't involved in because this, this final yeah. matchup is in, inevitable, but not that it's, I'm not well, complaining about not that, only is but... it inevitable, it is it is has occurred because the Cavs <laughs> yeah. won by the Cavs won by thirty three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that fair series point. is over. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, did you do? You, I, I guess the Grizzly Spurs was like okay for a couple games, but at no point was I like, ooh, these teams are a real threat to take down the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, and, I guess Sixers Wizards was okay for a couple games too. I mean, what am Celtics I saying? Wizards. Celtics Wizards, yeah. God, Sixers in the playoffs. <laughs> like, what the hell am I talking like, about? Wow, they're throwing the Sixers in the playoffs. They don't need Josh Jackson. They should take Malik Monk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's my long con right there. <laughs> yeah, um, I like it. Um, yeah, no. I mean, Boston, Boston-Washington was a little bit of fun, but at the same time, you're like, okay, cool. Whoever gets, whoever like, whoever wins this series gets to maybe get a fifth game against the Cavs, which which the Celtics wound up doing, mainly based on the fact that the the Cavs showed up and didn't give a fuck in Game Three. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, yeah, and, and honestly, like eleven points tonight. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I don't think the finals are going to be competitive either. I, don't I think either, the Warriors yeah. are either going to sweep them or take them in five. Yeah, I think either five or six, uh, and I. But I don't think I got it. If it's a sweep, oh my god, this would be what? this would be the worst. I mean, it's possible. I'm not even saying it's not possible. That's just that's how good the Warriors are. But I, I think it'll be five or six. You think it'll be four or five? It's just the Warriors are just that. I just don't think even other than you know like LeBron in like the last two games. He apparently was very good tonight, but LeBron. LeBron, other than two games in this Celtics series, has been incredible this playoff. Yeah. Like, he's, yeah. he's just playing at, like, you know, everything you've heard about the switch with the Cavs and with LeBron. With LeBron, that was true. Um, but even at his, even given, even with last year's finals LeBron, even with this LeBron, like, I just, I, it's beyond him. It's beyond this Cavs team, I really think. The, 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 the Golden Warriors State Warriors have Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. And then if Steph Curry and Kevin Durant aren't working, maybe they'll get something from Clay Thompson, who's been kind of a piece of shit the whole playoffs. Oh yeah. And then they have and then they have Draymond Green. This is a team that does not lack for like they're incredible. They're they're quite possibly the greatest collection of talent I've seen in the NBA in recent memory. They're, they're I think they're going to kick the shit out of the Cavs. Yeah, I think so too. They they they're just they're just too good. I mean, it's, it sucks. I hope I hope we get another they're, they're seven too good game series. It's boring. It it's is. boring. It I mean, is. That, that, like, like I'm sorry. Like, it's it's funny. Like, you know, Warriors fans. They like, when when you say something about how it's boring or you don't like it, they get so defensive because they just want you to like their team so badly. It's so, you, and then, it's so weird with them. Like, they're like, and on one hand, they're like, oh man, we're the, you know we're the greatest team. Like, uh, we're just it's arrogant season, arrogant season all over the place. And then the next day, they're like, why don't you like our team? Yeah, why don't? Why isn't this fun for you? Or they flip it to where it's like, oh well, I'm sorry that you want to stop Kevin Durant from doing what he wants to do. I'm like, and they and they they don't they can kind of conflate the two as if it makes any goddamn sense. Right. But I mean, that, <laughs> like Kevin Durant has the right to go absolutely anywhere he wants. He can play for absolutely anybody he wants. And I, that doesn't I, mean I have to go. This is fun. <laughs> exactly. And I I completely encourage players' rights to you know do that. I I, I, I get I get part of that argument of what they're saying, but. Again, that's not the argument that we're making. No, the, not the at all. The argument that we're making is that yes, cool, good for Kevin Durant. Like yes, he can he can go wherever he wants. I'm glad he's happy now, or whatever. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, 
I can say this is boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I would have, as an NBA fan, would have loved to see Thun- Thunder Warriors again. How uh, much of the Western Conference Finals did you watch? Very little. Um, yeah. I watched... Yeah, I don't know, man. I I've just have not watched much playoffs this this season. I I maybe watched ten game minutes of all four Western of total of the four Western Conference Finals games. I just did not care. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I watched a little bit of the East. I mean, I love the NBA playoffs. I watch a ton of NBA. I follow like I'm constantly on Twitter, like talking about basketball and stuff like that. But I mean, frankly, like. I think it's a formality that the Warriors are going to win the title. Yeah, it'll be two and it'll be two and three years, and then honestly, like I hope something happens to make more competitive balance because because this is just another season like this where it's just inevitable that the Warriors are going to win the title. It's just it's boring as shit. Yeah, no, that's, want, that's fair. Want, like I don't want to get into like oh it's good or bad for the league, whatever. I mean, like again, it's it's probably good for ratings because good teams like super super teams are always good for ratings yep. because people are going to want to watch, but. I just I think it's boring. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. kind of my bottom line. <laughs> no, that, that's uh, that's that's more than fair. Uh, what was I going to say? I well, on what <laughs> I guess it's a good time for the Suns to be very shitty. Um, no, it's perfect to be honest with you. I mean, I mean it, it, like you said, it's inevitable. Be, yeah, wouldn't it be frustrating to be like a Raptors fan right now? It's like you know you've got like a really good team, probably like the best team in your twenty year history, and you're just fucking irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, like you, you stand no chance. I mean, they've played LeBron James two last two years in the playoffs, and they've taken one game off. Are they taking two last year? I can't remember. Um, they won two last well, year. Yeah, they did win. Yeah, they need the conference finals and took them to six. But I mean, like, yeah, you just it's a it's a nice time to be irrelevant. I mean, your timeline. <laughs> that's that's kind of another argument for the like trading Bledsoe kind of timeline. Is like, I'm sorry, what the hell do you think you're doing? Right. You think you're gonna have like any relevance whatsoever? Yeah. Exactly. Like the war, the, the Warriors are going to win the title. They're going to resign Kevin Durant, and I, they're probably going to win the next two titles. I mean, unless barring barring injury. I mean, they're they're the best team. They have the most talent, and I don't see anybody just like getting together and a way to beat them. So I mean, I think the NBA title is not really open for business until 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Sad, but yeah. <laughs> so everyone listening, you can just stop watching the NBA because we know what's happening. Come back in 2020, which is when our next uh, podcast is going to be. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, good. Well, let's. Uh, here's hoping for a good finals, even though it's unlikely, like we both said. But it would be nice. To, I, to be fair, last year I, I thought Warriors in five or six as well. So. Uh, yep. So did I. So you honestly never know. Yeah. Um. So, who knows? Could be anything. But, uh, rooting for a seven-game series to make up for this... Sh- yes, sir. Sh- these terrible, shitty playoffs so far. Uh, yeah. But, uh, if not, then at least we still have the draft to look forward to. Yeah. See, I love the NBA offseason. It's fun. I mean, like, I like free agency even if the Suns aren't signing anybody. And I don't really expect it is. to. It is. I mean, there's a lot of drama around it. Yeah, it's fun. I, I, I have a good time with that. And so, I mean, yeah, I think the finals are... This year it's going to be what Paul George, uh, right? The the drama around Paul, the trading Paul George. Yeah, uh, that'll be that'll be a fun one. We'll have to. We'll, we'll maybe we should podcast again. Yeah, like, let's just save some stuff for yeah for for our next <laughs> podcast, which uh, which hopefully won't be eleven months from now, but. Fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> and if it is in eleven months from now, everybody out there, you have a great year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> enjoy you know what let's just go through it all happy fourth of july happy halloween happy thanksgiving merry christmas uh happy valentine's day uh 2018 uh yeah hey, you got uh, it Ar- arbor day <laughs> yeah happy president's day 2018 st patrick's uh, day Saint drive patrick's safe day yeah <laughs> drive safe uh, anyway, yeah, uh, in all likelihood, uh, we'll be back sooner than that, and we'll, yeah. wi- we'll wish you uh, the holidays again for every single holiday again. Every, we'll just <laughs> every sign off time. every, yeah, exactly. Who knows when we're going to be back, so just in case. That'll be, a, that'll be our new thing. We're going to wish you happy holidays, and yeah. then maybe Shrieker and I will send you Valentine's cards if you listen to this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, it's been fun. It has been fun. All right, y'all. Talk to you later. Yeah, bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Intentionally Foul. Or whatever we call it. Yeah, we might change the name next time. (laughs) 